Looking to get out of your own way and make things happen? Do you love inspiration and tips that are based on the science of happiness and well-being? If so, default to yes is for you. New episodes are released every Monday with the occasional bonus episodes with expert guests, each one designed for inspiration to keep us moving in the right direction. Whether you're dealing with obstacles that have been around for a long time or are on a journey of new challenges, know that you are not alone. The Default to Yes podcast is nurse coach and aromatherapist Julie Reynolds on the journey with you, your extraordinary self. We deal in truth and experiment with solutions, training our fascinating brains to cooperate as we show up in the world the way we really want, make the difference we desire without sacrificing our overall well-being. Welcome to the Default to Yes podcast. Welcome back and congratulations on defaulting to yes, your extraordinary self. I'm your host, Julie Reynolds, and today we're going to be exploring the fascinating world of lifestyle medicine. We're going to explore six pillars of lifestyle medicine, learn how to evaluate and implement a working strategy to balance them. We're going to look a little bit at what science says about this approach, and I'm going to share some actionable tips to help you move the needle on your goals. And as with every week, I'll share an affirmation at the end to motivate and inspire us as we take all of this into the upcoming week. So let's get started. When I actually follow my routines, such as working out, waking up at a good time, not drinking a lot of alcohol during the week, that's what it looks like when I default to yes. Isn't that so true? We know the things to do, and this is our effort in defaulting every day to that extraordinary self. Carly is a nurse dedicated to making meaningful connections with her colleagues and her patients and making a difference in her work. So thank you for sharing what it looks like when you default to yes. All right, so let's talk about lifestyle medicine. There are a lot of terms these days that deal with more holistic approaches. And as a nurse, this is not anything new. Nurses have a holistic approach in general, and their theories and philosophies of nursing usually work towards a more holistic view. We are then thrown into a medical model and asked to merge our philosophy and our theories of practice with a medical model. This is what sometimes can lead to a little bit of disconnect or frustration when our nursing philosophies and nursing theories and that more holistic approach takes a back seat to more allopathic approach. So lifestyle medicine is a branch of medicine that focuses on preventing and treating chronic diseases by addressing root causes and promoting healthy lifestyle habits. It emphasizes six essential pillars, each playing a role in our overall well-being. So we're going to take a closer look at those pillars so that you have a better understanding of what that means. And honestly, you could, if this resonates with you, you can take this into your finding your primary care provider and to make sure that these values align with who you hire to provide your primary care. First of all, nutrition, of course, a well-balanced nourishing diet forms that foundation of the healthy lifestyle, consuming a variety of whole foods, emphasizing plant-based options and minimizing processed foods can have a profound impact on our health. Now, lifestyle medicine will emphasize those whole foods and plant-based options. I'm not advocating for one food plan 
or another. I don't think this is a one size fits all. And I think we all have to be on our journey and we have to listen to our body. But nutrition is regardless the first pillar. Second pillar, physical activity. We know that regular exercise and movement are key to maintaining optimal physical and mental health. And that engaging in activities that elevate our heart rate, strengthen our muscles and improve flexibility are crucial for our overall well-being. And I'll just be transparent with you. Physical activity is a struggle for me because I don't like to work out. But I'm learning that no one really does. And it's just something that we have to do whether we feel like it or not. All right. Pillar three, sleep and rest. Sufficient and quality sleep is often underestimated, but plays a significant role in our health. Adequate sleep helps regulate hormones, supports cognitive function, and strengthens our immune system. The fourth one is tied a lot to sleep and rest, and that's stress management. Chronic stress can have detrimental effects on our health. Developing effective stress management techniques like mindfulness, meditation, engaging in hobbies is essential for maintaining balance. And then pillar five, social connections. Cultivating meaningful relationships and social connections is really vital for our mental and emotional well-being. Strong social support networks have been shown to reduce stress, boost immune function, and improve overall happiness. And sixth pillar that I think doesn't get enough attention is avoidance of toxins. I think that this is a cultural value that is growing, but it's taken a while. It's taken decades to get there from when we first really started learning how these toxins affect us. Minimizing effective and harmful substances such as tobacco, excessive alcohol, and environmental pollutants is crucial for optimizing health and preventing chronic disease. Many of these things are actually found in our personal products. That avoidance of toxins was what brought me into discovering how powerful aromatherapy is. All right. So now that we understand the six pillars of lifestyle medicine, let's explore how we can evaluate and implement a working strategy to balance them more effectively. Now, evaluation involves self-reflection and assessing our current lifestyle habits. So we're going to take stock of our nutrition, physical activity levels, sleep patterns, stress levels, our social connections, and exposure to toxins. And this is all going to provide us those valuable insights into areas that require improvement. To implement a working strategy, it's key to set achievable goals and create an action plan. Because like the saying goes, when we don't know our destination, any road will get us there. So to prevent that or to reverse that, we're going to set achievable goals and create an action plan. Start small and gradually incorporate healthy habits into your daily routine. We're not going to be able to take this on all at one time. I think that's probably part of our problem in the the diet industry is that we try to do these radical things, make these humongous changes, take everything on at once. It gets overwhelming and we don't see the progress that we want to see in the time that we want to see it and we quit. Starting small, gradually incorporating healthy habits into your daily routine. It's just one step at a time. Getting support from healthcare professionals, registered dietitians, and exercise specialists 
can be helpful in the process, but we all know that we need to be careful. So I would use that lifestyle design, those pillars. When you're hiring someone, you want to make sure that they align with your values, that you're getting what you really want and the education and the the information that is true. And we're not falling back into more of that allopathic system. And that would be diagnosing and treating. So just make sure whoever you work with aligns with your values. There are plenty of resources out there that you can access. So you're not limited to just the closest one or the one that your friend or neighbor recommends. So make sure, again, that they align with your values. All right, science plays a crucial role in understanding the impact of lifestyle medicine on our health. And there are numerous studies that have demonstrated the efficacy of lifestyle interventions in preventing and even reversing chronic disease. And this is really what nurse coaching is all about. There's a commonly used metaphor in public health to illustrate the importance of addressing the root cause and health problems rather than solely focusing on treating the symptoms. It's the pulling people out of the river analogy. It illustrates the difference between downstream and upstream approaches. And in this analogy, rescuers represent the healthcare providers who focus on treatments on treating immediate health problems, but fail to address the underlying cause. This is our medical model, that allopathic medicine that we're probably more familiar with and is more accessible. Our healthcare, at least in the United States, revolves around this medical model. Now, the rescuer who walks upstream represents the more holistic approach. By fixing the faulty railing on the bridge that caused the people to fall into the river in the first place. So, the bridge being root causes, and the river being developing health problems. So this analogy emphasizes the importance of shifting the focus from treating symptoms to prevention and addressing the root cause of the health issue through policy changes, health education, and creating supportive environments. All of those things for us as individuals means aligning our resources with our values. In other words, and not falling into the river in the first place. Now, in many cases, we can prevent the need for downstream interventions when we shift our focus from reactive treatment to proactive prevention. And this is actually what led me into aromatherapy and coaching in the first place. I was looking for solutions for myself and for my family, solutions that our doctors were not finding mostly because they weren't looking Now, remember, this is a journey and overall well-being involves multiple dimensions that all require attention at the same time. Now, the good news is that you probably are already doing many of these things well, and it can be super simple to make adjustments. And when it's not, there's no shortage of help out there. This is actually what we do in coaching, and most of it happens really quickly once we get out of our own way and learn some techniques and some tips. And often all of that is just easier when you process out loud with a coach who can be more objective and ask the right questions. Okay, let's move on to those three actionable tips that I think will help you move the needle on your lifestyle medicine goals. Now, first of all, start with one pillar. Now, instead of overwhelming yourself by trying to tackle all six pillars simultaneously, you can focus on one area at a time. 
Choose the pillar that resonates with you the most and work on developing sustainable habits within that realm before you move on to the next. For me, when I got started on just embracing this whole evaluation and looking at the pillars and deciding what I'm going to focus on, I look at the thing that is going to move all of the areas. When I first started working with a coach, we broke all of this down and found out that I could probably move the needle on all of my pillars by just going for a walk every day and starting to move more. So I determined my very first goal was I will walk for 30 minutes a day, three times a week. That's super simple, right? Anybody can do that. So once you start that, as you Once you start something and you tend to maybe do a little bit more and a little bit more and it gets easier as you go. And so that's what that looks like. Just pick one goal and do it. Then you build on that one simple goal. All right. Tip number two is get accountability. Sharing your goals with a trusted friend or family member or a support group, having someone to hold you accountable and provide that encouragement can significantly increase your chances of success. And for me, this is coaching. I love knowing that I'm going to be asked about it. I know that I'm going to have somebody who's cheering me on during the week. And I know that they're also going to explore why I didn't do what I said I would do, if that's the case. All right, number three is embracing gradual progress. Remember, lifestyle changes are a journey and not a destination. So embrace the small victories along the way and celebrate your progress. If you ask my clients, one of the toughest questions that I ask them is, how did you celebrate or how are you going to celebrate this win? We just sometimes forget and we move on. We reach our goal. It feels good. We move on and we forget to really celebrate the progress. Patience and perseverance are key when it comes to long-term sustainable change as well. And so again, embrace that gradual progress. Making changes in behavior related to health can be challenging, and there are several obstacles that individuals commonly encounter. I would say probably one of the biggest obstacles, and this is probably more of a category, is that resistance to change. I want to look a little bit deeper into this obstacle and explore ways to overcome it. Resistance to change arises from various places, including comfort zones, fear of the unknown, ingrained habits. There are a lot of different places that this resistance can come from. Humans naturally seek stability and familiarity. We've talked about the prefrontal cortex and that emotional part of the brain. Our brain is just wired to seek out that stability and comfort and familiarity. Any stepping outside of those familiar patterns can be uncomfortable and intimidating, and our brain goes into overdrive trying to protect us from all of that. And then there's the fear of failure or uncertainty that can derail us altogether or even just delay us from making the changes that we really want to make. We might worry about not being able to sustain new habits or fear that potential setbacks might occur along the way. And I know that for me, when I was wanting to move the needle on my exercise, it seemed every time that I started to exercise more, I would also sustain an injury. 
Now that didn't happen every time, but it lodged in my brain as something to protect myself from. So I would tell myself, I'm not going to do that because I'm probably going to hurt myself and then I'm going to be worse off than I was before. And I really did not realize that was the thought in my head until my coach and I were talking about what was the thought in my head about why I didn't go do what I said I would do. So that's what I mean is that when you, when your brain is really working to keep you comfortable and safe and familiar, there are thoughts in your head that can stop you that you're not even aware are there. All right. Another significant obstacle is the influence of external factors, obviously. So we have social norms, peer pressure, societal expectations that can keep us from deviating from the status quo. If your friend's making fun of you, or you feel like you're making your friend feel bad because you are doing all of this extra work and they are not, that can play a role in your motivation. And these can create even just a little bit of resistance that make it difficult to adopt and maintain the healthier behaviors. The good news is that despite these obstacles, it's possible to overcome resistance. I'm just going to mention a few strategies. We're not going to go into this really deeply. It might be a good idea to pick these apart individually as we move forward on our journey. All right, so there's the mindset shift. You want to start by cultivating a growth mindset and embracing the belief that change is possible and necessary for personal growth and well-being and recognize that change is a process. The setbacks are opportunities for learning and growth. And apparently we're going to find out if people actually stop the podcast when a dog starts barking in the background. Okay, so I decided not to make you endure all of that barking and it sounded like it was going to go on just way too long. All right, so mindset shift. I've read so many books. I've done training on mindset. I get up every single day and I listen to exactly those kind of messages. My favorite app for this is called Growth Day. I've shared this in the show notes. So if you want to try it for free, just click that link in the show notes that promotes or keeps you on track towards embracing that value of personal growth. All right, mindset is one of the one of the strategies and setting achievable goals. We talked about that, breaking down your health related goals into smaller manageable steps, focusing on one behavior change at a time. And then celebrating those victories and of course surrounding yourself with a supportive community or enlist the help of a coach or mentor or healthcare professional. Having someone understand your goals and provide guidance, encouragement, and accountability will significantly increase your chances of success. And then you want to identify those underlying barriers. And I think that seems to be the biggest way to move the needle and the hardest to get there by yourself. We can spend a lot of time with obstacles that we don't even recognize are there with thoughts in our heads and limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And I would say that's probably really where the benefit of coaching comes in because you can overcome those barriers, but you have to know that they're there and be able to develop strategies to overcome them. All right, the other thing to do is just embrace gradual and sustainable changes. Instead of drastic overhauls, which is what our diet industry tends to provide or promise, which is almost criminal, focus on making the gradual and sustainable changes. Small, consistent steps can lead to those significant long-term results that we all want. Patience and persistence are key. Remember that all of this change takes time. 
It's important to be kind and patient with yourself through the process. Celebrate your progress, even if it's incremental. And don't be discouraged with those setbacks. We all face them. They are normal. They're part of the human experience. There's nothing wrong with you. And if you've experienced a setback with the right mindset, support, and strategies, you can overcome resistance to change and successfully adopt those healthier behaviors for improved health and well-being. I know that sounds simple. I know that. I also know that it certainly is not easy. It takes commitment to ourselves, and I'm working on getting over my own obstacles to figure out what they are, and I know I will get there. Even as I'm talking, I'm wondering if you would like a tool to help you with all of this. I'm going to just go ahead and share with you the Wheel of Life, and it's a powerful tool that I use with my clients. I also use it as well with myself on a regular basis. It can be used to evaluate and assess those various areas of our lives, including those six pillars of lifestyle medicine. It provides a visual representation of how well-rounded our life is and helps us identify those areas that maybe need some more attention. You can do this on your own with just a paper and a pen. Just imagine a circle divided into sections, each representing one of those specific areas of your life. You could even divide it up on those pillars if you wanted to. The Wheel of Life allows you to rate your satisfaction and level of fulfillment in each of the areas on a scale of one to 10, one being unsatisfied and 10 being highly satisfied. So it's a little subjective. It's not an objective tool, but it helps you know where you are and assess your values along the way as well. By assessing each one of these areas and you assign a score, you get a visual of that balance. So you identify any significant imbalances or areas of neglect. So if, for example, if we rate our physical activity as a nine, but our stress management as a three, it becomes apparent that we need to focus more attention on reducing stress in our lives because our wheel will be all out of balance. So once we've completed the assessment, we connect all those dots on the wheel of life, creating that shape, that circle shape. This gives us a visual and it's a fun way to set specific goals and create an action plan to address these imbalances. When I get a wheel that looks all off balance and I imagine trying to move through life using that wheel to propel me forward. And I think that is going to be so much more work than if I had a nice round wheel that rolls smoothly through through life. And how much more energy would I have? I, so I just had that whole visual of the wheel being all off balance. And I've had some really ugly wheels of life <laughs> before. And so it's always just an extra little maybe sound silly incentive to make that a little bit more well-rounded and improve some of those areas so I can fill in those gaps. Now, I use a tool that I use colored pencils and I color it all in so that I make it a little fun. Track our progress, make necessary adjustments, and ensure that you are constantly waking up every day to default to your extraordinary self. Now, like I said, with this wheel of life, you could do it with a paper and pen and do it on your own. But if you would like, I can send you my workbook that includes the wheel of life. You can use your own colored pencils and you can download it, use it as often as you want on a regular basis, create your own little assessment routine. To get that workbook, click the link in the show notes and I'll send it to you. Or you can go to reimaginewellness.org forward slash yes and request it there. 
Okay, that is a lot. We have explored lifestyle medicine, focusing on preventing and treating chronic disease by addressing and underlying lifestyle factors that contribute to them. By promoting healthy behaviors such as proper nutrition, regular physical activity, stress management, adequate sleep, social connections, and toxin avoidance, lifestyle medicine empowers us to optimize our overall health and well-being so we can avoid being pulled out of the water or pulling others out by preventing the falling in the first place. Change is simple, but it isn't easy, and it's a process. We can approach this by starting with one pillar, focus on one area at a time, seeking accountability by sharing goals with a trusted friend, family member, or nurse coach, and embracing gradual progress. Remember, lifestyle changes are a journey, not a destination. Embrace the small victories along the way and celebrate your progress. Patience and perseverance are key when it comes to long-term sustainable change. The World Health Organization defines health as not just the absence of disease. It is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. And healing is a journey, not a destination. Be kind to yourself. And until next time, know that we are on the journey together. So if you're enjoying this, subscribe and share with a friend so that we can create a great big community of those who default to yes. And know that I'm rooting for you as you commit to prioritizing your health and well-being through conscious choices and consistent self-care to nourish your body, mind, and spirit and experience optimal health and vibrant well-being by getting up every day to default to yes, your extraordinary self.